0: I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. So today's topic is an interesting one. Um, one of the things I'm always trying to do on the podcast is to figure out what are things I can do in a podcast that are best done in a podcast and aren't done in an article or aren't done, you know, through um, some other means, my blog or, or whatever. Um, so one of the topics I can remember, so. I work ahead. So for you guys, this is the distant past. But, uh, I just recently, my article for the, uh, state of the, state of the design article just went up last week, or this week. Um, and so there's a lot of discussion that it it generated, which is good. That's why I write it. Um, so one of the big questions was, I talked about, um, one of the mistakes I felt I made is that, I knew people wanted an Enchantment Matters element, and I withheld it to try to make the third set something exciting. In retrospect, I probably should have started in the second set. But anyway, um, But it led to the following discussion. The following question keeps popping up. Okay, okay, uh, you know, Theros was fun, but when can we expect uh, the Enchantment block that is to Enchantments what Mirrodin is to Artifacts? When can we expect that block? And what I realized was, it's a complex answer. It was more complex than I could answer in my blog. Um, it's the kind of thing I might be able to do in my article, but it's, it's very... I, don't have, you know, I only have one article a week. Every other week is a theme week. I just don't have a lot of spare weeks in my articles. So I'm like, you know what? This would make a good podcast topic. So the question is, today's podcast is, uh, enchantment matters world. Where is it? Why? You know, when can we expect it? Uh, And what I'm trying to say today is, not that you... Let let me be clear. I'm not saying that it'll never happen, but I'm saying that it is a lot harder to do than I think people realize. And I want to explain why it's so hard. One of the things that I like doing with my podcast is kind of going in depth and saying, look guys, when you dig down deep, there are a lot of issues. Like one of the things I find interesting when new people come to R&D and watch the process, that one of the comments they always get is, holy moly, you guys discuss everything, you know, that there's details that you don't even think about, that, that that is not even a detail the average person even contemplates that we might argue days about. We might argue months about, you know, that there's a, there's so much little nuance of what we do that we spend a lot of time and energy on it. Um, and so here's an example where I'm going I'm to dig deep today. I'm going to talk about some design, some really uh, dig down deep in the dirt design uh information today to talk about sort of what you can and can't do okay so in order to understand today's topic I need to explain a couple things first is I need to explain the concept of volume um, and another way to talk about this also is ads fan which I obviously I talk about all the time um, so what that means is if you want something to matter there is some volume in which it's It has enough of a presence that it can matter. Now, what that thing is varies from thing to thing. It's not that everything needs to be at the same volume, um, but there needs to be a volume to make something matter. For example, let's say we're doing a a set with a tribal component, and I want to have goblins matter. Well, you know, I need to have a certain number of goblins in order for goblins to matter. You'll notice in both Onslaught and Lorwyn, which were strong tribal things, that Almost all the common and uncommon creatures were one of the creature types that mattered. That in order to get the volume we needed, we didn't we couldn't waste any space. Like in Lorwin, there were eight creature types, you were one of the eight creature types. And in fact, notice in Lorwin, we actually, even with that, even with limiting ourselves to the eight creature types, we ran into a problem of still needing a little extra extra boost. So we made changeling which was based off Missform Ultimates, that allowed a creature to be every creature type. And what changeling was was like the glue we use. So whenever you're saying, are there enough blah, well, blah plus changeling was the number you had to look at. So by adding changelings and making you know, changelings at a certain uh, percentage, we were able to just up the number of every single creature type that mattered. And that's why changeling was in the set. Okay. So, number issue is just understanding volume. And like I said, different things need different volumes. It has to do with how many do I need to have at a time to make matter. And I've talked about this before, that like, um, what we call threshold one is, do I just need to have one in play? Like, imagine, for example, uh, so, uh, we'll talk about goblin cards, this is what I talked about earlier. Uh, a threshold one goblin card would say, if you have a goblin in play, I gain blah. Or if you have a goblin play, when you cast me, get this extra bonus or whatever. Um, which means that I just have to have a goblin. I don't need tons of goblins. I just need a single goblin. The other thing that we often do is things where they're scaling, which says, uh, you know, for every goblin you have in play, do one damage to target creature or player. Or all goblins gain whatever. Those say, oh, play as many goblins as you can. So if you have more of the first step, the threshold one, you can be lower in your volume. You just need enough that people can have have some expectation of having one in play at a time. Which means, you know, a threshold one may, might mean you need to play um, mm, six, seven, eight, maybe. Um, and if you want things to scale, well, then you need to have a lot more. Now, when people say to me they want enchantments like artifacts, uh, Mirrodin was definitely the second camp. It was a lot of scaling effects. I mean, there was a little bit of threshold one, but there's a lot more scaling effects. It, the, the, when you played original Mirrodin, it's like, you know, the more artifacts you have, the better. You know, affinity for artifacts are just like, I'm cheaper for every artifact you have. Play a lot of artifacts. You know, uh, these spells aren't good unless you have a lot of artifacts in play. And a lot of the things we did in that set were very much like, okay, every time I play an artifact, something happens. Every time I sack an artifact, something, you know. It just said, play a lot of artifacts. So when people, when they say they want enchantment version of Mirrodin, okay, that's saying you want scalable stuff. Um, now notice that Constellation in Journey of was scalable, um, and we'll get there. Um, okay, so number one, volume. There's the volume problem. Number two is what we call the, uh, the card definition problem. So if you ever listen to any, any of my podcasts or any of my articles or read my blog, um, I am a purist when it comes to delineations between subsets. Clearly, the place I'm the loudest about it is the color pie. I want you know white to be white and blue to be blue and black to be black and red to be red and green to be green. I want each color to have a clear delineation from the other colors. Um, the same is also true for card types. I don't, I don't harp on this as much as I do on the color pie, but I want creatures to be creatures and enchantments to be enchantments and artifacts to be artifacts and lands to be lands and that there are rules we set up and like certain card types do something but don't do something else. Lands, type for or get you mana. They're mana affiliated. We, you know, with rare occasion we don't do lands that aren't connected to mana in some way. Um, you know, enchantments enchant things. They might be local, they might be global, but the flavor of enchantment is it's adding a magical you know element to something that that, that it's it's forever changing something by granting on a, a, a magical element. Artifacts are things, are physical things that you are using that have magical properties. Um, so it's important that there's delineation. Okay, that that's issue number two. That that I. I believe it is bad if, you know, one of the things you have to be careful of, and this is true of colors, this is true of car types, that magic pushes you toward doing what you haven't done. You know, there's a lot of inertia to say, ooh, we haven't done this thing, let's do that. And so, there's a lot of impetus to bleed, you know, and if you notice, every set we will do something and we'll bleed a little bit, we'll try it. we try hard to sort of not, Not break anything, but we bleed a little. But but there is inertia to go to places you haven't gone before. And on some level, the reason I hold so fast, the reason I'm just not willing to make red cards and destroy enchantments is, you gotta hold firm. Colors have to have weaknesses. There have to be things that, oh, I don't know, this color can't deal with that well. And that you want to make sure that there is... You know, the reason that you might not play mono red or, you know, might need to splash a second color or, or, you know, if you're playing whatever color you're playing, the reason we want you to sort of think of going to second color is that color does something better than the color you were in. You might want that other color. Um, and card types are very similar in that if you blend them all together, I mean, as is, artifacts and enchantments already, there's a thin line. I mean, one of the things that happened... In fact, if I had magic to start all over again, I would draw a much harsher line between enchantments and artifacts. In fact, little story, um, during the design of Mirrodin, the original Mirrodin, there's a man named Tyler Bielman, who was on the design team of Mirrodin, also at the time was in charge of the creative team. He and I did an exercise where we tried to delineate artifacts from enchantments uh, we were trying to rehaul artifacts, and we were going to tow some hard, hard lines. And one of the lines we, we were going to tow, which is what I would do if i starting magic over again, is we said, "You know what? Global effects, not artifacts. Bane. Artifacts don't do that. Artifacts, you use the artifact. That enchantments will be the thing that goes. Okay, everything now does this, you know, and that. We weren't. We, the idea was hauling mine shouldn't be an artifact. It should be an enchantment. Um, Winter Orb shouldn't be an artifact, it should be an enchantment. The enchantments do global things that change the nature of the world, and that artifacts physically do things. Um, We didn't make that change, there was too much... much, uh, One of the things with the game is there's things where just you get enough inertia that it's hard to change. When I talk about I do this differently, well, we got 21 years of inertia. It's it's hard to undo things. Um, There's certain things that the game is just committed to, and it's hard hard to, to, to... Some things are just hard to undo. Um, But anyway, Artifacts and Champions are already close. We just have to be so careful. Okay. Um, Number three is New World Order. Um, I have a whole podcast on that if you have no idea what I'm talking about. In a nutshell, New World Order says, um, in order to make sure the game is accessible to newer players, we toe a line at common on complexity. Now note, that doesn't mean anything but uncommon or rare or mythic rare. Uh, People who love to say, oh, New World Order is dumbing the game down. I'm like... We still make the cards that uncommon rare and mythic rare we would always make. Um, but at common, we are making things a little less complex. Um, now there's lots of other things going on that aren't New World Order. People like to, people like to think New World Order is 8,000 things when it's actually one thing. And the one thing it is, is simplifying complexity common. Um, okay. So those are the three problems. I laid out the problems. Now let me talk about what, what's going on here. Okay. So, I want to make an enchantment set a la, um, Enchantments, enchantments, enchantments. All enchantments. Okay, so here's the first problem, the volume problem. Um, in order to get the volume you need to have, like, scalable enchantment effects, um, you need to have a certain threshold of, or a certain volume of, of enchantments. Okay, uh, let's assume that you, let's take creatures on next. creatures, um, while well, creatures are 55% of the card set. That's really not the number we need to be looking at. We need to be looking at, um, especially for limited, like what uh, we call the As-fan. what how many can you expect to play? So in limited, limited game, you're going to play roughly 16 creatures, 17 land, and about 7 spells. So let's assume that you, you say, I'm going to play everything I can, I will play an enchantment. Every non-creature, I will make an enchantment, which means you have 7 enchantments in your deck. Um, And that means I'm not playing instants or sorceries. I'm not playing artifacts. You know, I have to figure out how to use... All my kill cards somehow have to be enchantments. Um, Let's assume you could do that. Which which would, to be fair, be kind of hard. But let's assume you could do that. Uh, This is what we did in Theros. And what we found was, it's just not enough. Even if all seven of your cards are enchantments, it usually just isn't enough. Um, And what that means is, in order for you to get the volume you need, you need to dig into creatures. Okay, so let's, let's explore that. Now we get to the delineation problem. So here's the first problem, which is how do you feel like an enchantment? Now you'll notice, by the way, in Future Sight there's a card called Lucent, Lumin- Lucent Luminid, which was a 3-3 flyer that was an enchantment creature. Now originally, when I designed the card, it had a global effect. You know, all creatures get plus one, plus one or something. Uh, and then to, to simplify the card, I think Mike Turin, who was the lead developer, needed to move it down rarity. But anyway, he ended up chopping off the effect and just made it a vanilla creature. And the problem I had is, well, what exactly makes that an enchantment creature? You know, it, that it's a dangerous person. Where you're like, well, I'm just going to label it. Why is it an enchantment creature? Because the word enchantment's on it. You know, that doesn't... The, the thing that's nice about artifacts, and this is why I think Mirrodin was a much easier job, is... Enchantments come with two very strong things. One is, they have a colorless mana cost, which is very distinctive. Now, I mean, yes, yes, every once in a blue moon we do Eldrazi or something that has colorless mana, but the most of the time, the colorless cards are artifacts. Um, now, the s- second thing is, artifacts have a pretty strong creative vision, right? They are physical objects. It's a sword. It's an orb. It's an amulet. You know, when I say to someone, it's an artifact, you have some sense of what we're talking about. Shaman's are fuzzier. Artifacts are a little cleaner. So, when I want to make an, uh, an artifact, all I have to do is make sure the flavor is there and put a colorless mana cost on it. That means I can make artifact creatures. In fact, Richard, in Alpha, made artifact creatures. They can be vanilla. You know, the the thing that defines them can be done in the mana cost and, and in the creative, um, which means that you can make very, very simple cards and feel like it's an artifact. Um, another thing that's helping you is the idea of artifact creatures are pretty natural. You know, that um, uh, a golem is an artificially made creature. It, it's, it's, it's of mythology long before the game existed. You know, or a scarecrow, or whatever sort of creature you want to make up—that's that, uh, a, a created creature. Um, now, once again, if I had the game to do all over again, I would rethink how we flavored magically made creatures. You know, for example, if Alpha had started and illusions were enchantment creatures, maybe even elementals were enchantment creatures. You know, we could have defined a way to go. Oh. In the game, this is the flavor of enchantments. It's something in which it's magically made. Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's components put together. It's a golem carved out of silver. Oh, that's an artifact. Oh, it's a creature made up of magic. It's an illusion or it's made up of, of you know, magical energy. Oh, well, that's an enchantment. We could have done that. We didn't. And so the problem now is if I want to do enchantment creatures, I have to justify them as being enchantments. Now, I can't just do something we've done for years and years and years and haven't called enchantments. We missed the boat. You know, I can't just say, oh, that's an enchantment creature. Like, But that's the 20th one of those we've done. Because it'll just be non-intuitive. The players have built up enough expectation. It won't make sense anymore. Okay, what that means now is, in order to make the volume, I have to have creatures that are enchantments. But in order to have creatures and enchantments, I have to make them feel like enchantments. Now, here's the next problem. The blurring of the line between creatures and enchantments we put static abilities or, you know, global abilities on creatures. So, having a creature that says all creatures get plus one, plus one, yeah, we did that in alpha. That, that, that's, that is something that's, now, I'm willing to put global effects on creatures and try to go with a straight face those are enchantment creatures. Um, but even that, it's kind of hard because, like, when we did it, one of the things you'll notice is the reason we saw want to bestow creatures in Theros is those feel like I've never seen those before. Oh, I see why those are enchantments. They can be local enchantments. They can be auras. And they can be creatures. Oh, that makes perfect sense. That's why those are enchantment creatures. Um, but it was hard to make, you know. I mean, and we tried. Born of the Guides, for example, definitely made some creatures with effects. And one of the things you'll notice is one of the tricks we did on a lot of them is we put two effects on it, two global effects. Does this enchantment enough? It does A and it does B because if you just do A, it it, it doesn't feel, you know, the, because creatures do it so often, it's hard to feel like it's an enchantment creature. Then we have a second problem. Um, which, uh, this this is where New World Order starts peeking in. So let's say I'm I'm willing to say, okay, I'm willing to just accept creatures with with abilities that would go in enchantment. Just with a straight face, if this card, you know, if it didn't say creature on it, and I read it, I go, okay, it seems like an enchantment. Good enough. Good enough. There's some issues, there's some blurry lines, it's not clean, but let's assume I'm willing to, like, suck that up. Okay, here's the next problem. If you look at common, how many global uh, enchantments do we normally do at common? The answer is usually zero. Every once in a while, we'll do one or two. I mean, there's a few things we can do. There are, in fact, the funny thing is, we're more, more often to have a creature with a global ability to comment. Okay, so we can do some. Um, but a handful, not that many, You know, even if I'm willing to stretch it, I'm not sure we get up to the volume we need. We're not getting the azvan we need. Um, plus, here's the following problem. There's two different kind of enchantments. right? There's local and global. I'm not sure those are the technical terms anymore. But I'm using them because... Magic does a thing where we have terms for stuff and then the terms go away except there's no new term for it. Like fizzle. Anyway. As far as I'm concerned, things still fizzle. They don't want counter because counter means too many things. Um, Okay. So the problem you run into is that you... If you have too many... uh, Well, there's local and global enchantments. Local go on a creature or on a thing. Could be on an artifact or on a land. Uh, Global just sit there. Global effects, especially if they only hit a subset can make a complicated board state. For example, I have one enchantment that says all white creatures are plus one, plus one. Now I have another uh, one that says all all soldiers get plus one, plus one. Now I have to look at my board, I go, okay, well, all white soldiers are plus two, plus two, all white cards that aren't soldiers are plus one, plus one, and all soldiers that aren't white cards are plus one, plus one. You know, or imagine, I don't do plus one, plus one, let's say all soldiers have first strike. You know, it's like, okay, well, white soldiers are plus one, plus one in First Strike, you know, and soldiers at First Strike, if they're not white, and then if they're white but not soldiers, they're plus one, plus one. Like, you can imagine, it doesn't take long if you have a bunch of global abilities before they can get complicated, especially if, if they're affecting a subset. Um, now, on the other hand, local, in, uh, local enchantments, or auras, are much simpler. It's like, oh... It's sitting on that creature. I can look at it. go, okay, well, that creature has enhancement, and whenever I have to care about the creature, maybe I look to make sure I know how big it is. Um, But unless that creature attacks or block, at the time, I need to figure out what that is. It's just easier to track. So what we did in Theros is we said, okay, well, let's see if we can make use of local enchantments. It's just easier to keep track of the board state. Okay, so there's just a number crunch problem of how many enchantment creatures can we make, you know, because there's only so many enchantments we can make, and then we can make some enchantment creatures. Uh, Now, here's the next problem, which is, one of the things people complained about in Theros block was that wasn't a lot of global enchantments. And the reason there wasn't a lot of global enchantments, part of it was, is we were trying to make the enchantment creatures stand out. But another problem was, we were just using up all the enchantment space, you know, that there's only so many, uh, there's only so many different enchantment effects, before you're just like you've used them and you're bumping you're bumping up into one another. Like one of the problems you run into is there's a certain amount of space for different things. There's so much space for artifacts, so many space for enchantments, so many for creatures. Now every once in a while you can steal from one for another. If you notice what we did in Theros is some of our auras kinda of were filling the role of other cards. You know, we have an aura, I think it was plus two plus two flash plus two plus two. Oh, well that's a lot like a giant growth. Now, it's a giant growth that sticks around, it's a little bit different, but it had a lot of the functionality like a giant growth, you know? And what we can do is we can say, okay, we can you can maneuver things a little bit so you can take effects that are normally not in one area and push them there. We do that in artifacts a lot when artifacts matter. We take effects that normally aren't artifacts and push them in artifacts. Um, and there's some space to do that. Within the delineation of, of the card types, there's some space to do that. But there's not infinite space is the issue. You know, it's, it's not like... Um, so... Uh, enchantments have less total space of things you can do because enchantments are just narrower than artifacts. For example, because artifacts can do global effects, well, and, and they have equipment, like, pretty much anything enchantments can do, artifacts can do. But artifacts can do more things. They can tap, you know, um... You know, they. they, You can use them more like I have an ability that I can use once per turn. They. They they also can function a little more like creatures in that regard, where it's harder with enchantments. I mean, enchantments can activate, but it's only so many times you can say once per turn. And I mean, you can graft tap abilities on on an aura. But anyway, okay. So the problem is, we need the volume in order to get the volume. We got to go to creatures. There's limited space on creatures. There's limited space on just enchantment design. Uh, and so the thing we run into is that there's just have, there's just a, a number of volume issues. Now, let's go to the other place. Um, now let's talk about the cards that make it matter, the, uh, the Enchantment Matters cards. So Constellation, let's talk about Constellation during the next. So Constellation is the kind of thing people are talking about. Okay, every time I play an Enchantment, something happens. Well... The, the other problem we run into is the kind of cards you can do that make enchantment matter, there's less cards you can do. You know, um, for example, a lot of the ways you make things matter is making creatures matter. Um, but unless you have enough volume of creatures, making enchantment creatures matter, uh, there's only so much you can do with that. Um, and, like, you can only have so many effects. Like, saying, every time I cast thing X, I get a small effect. There's just a limited number of effects you can do that with. And, and, here's the other thing, the developmental thing. Um, Constellation, there were two restrictions. One restriction was how many different effects can we do? But that wasn't the biggest restriction. The biggest restriction is there's just so many of those that you can do. You know what I'm saying? That that there's some threshold point where, especially when they're their own thing, I mean, we did that on purpose, but especially when I'm an enchantment and I care about enchantments... Um, you can only make so many of those cards that if I can fill up my deck of nothing but Constellation cards, it, can, it gets overwhelming. Like, one of, the, one of the interesting complaints that I had is, where was the enchantment land? Okay? Uh, you know, Mirrodin got an artifact lands. Why didn't Theros get enchantment lands? And the answer basically is, because Mirrodin ruined it for everybody. Um, we didn't know any better when I made the artifact lands in Mirrodin. I didn't understand what I was doing. I, I, we had never done it, anything like that before. And Voila! It broke everything. So what it turns out is being a land is so important that just being this other thing that you care about, even if you come and play Tapped, is just too good. Especially if you wanted things like Constellation. The, the reality is we could not make Idol of Blossoms and make an Enchantment land. The two cannot coexist. And we wanted to do Idol of Blossoms. We wanted to do Constellation, and it's like, well. Look, I only can make one or two enchantment lands, and then if I make those, there's a whole swath of cards I can't make. Well, that's why I didn't make it. Um, So the other issue is that not only do artifacts have the ability to do more volume, and the artifacts have more general design space you can fill in, um, but because of those things, uh, because you can spread it out more, you can spread effects out more, you can spread it out over more cards, you can dilute it a little more. Then enchantments get less diluted, and so having effects that care about enchantments, A, means there's less of them, and B, it means that they're more dangerous, that you have to be more careful of how many you have in the environment. Now, look, in a perfect world, that's why I am saying my state of design, probably we would have started a constellation in Born of the Gods. Maybe, maybe there were some, a few cards in Theros that hinted at it, but even Theros was so full that probably the enchantment matter stuff wouldn't have been there. It would have been Born and Journey. I I could have started a, a set earlier, but even then, even then, that isn't what people are asking for. What people are asking for is, where is my Enchantment Matters block like Mirrodin? And what I'm trying to say today, the reason I'm having this podcast, the reason I'm talking about this for 30 minutes, is I don't know if it's possible. I don't know if we can do that. Um, and in order to do it, one of two things is going to have to happen. Either we have to have some breakthrough and go oh, here is some clear way that we can communicate and do the things we need to do in which it all feels right and people intuitively do the right thing. Or we talk ourselves into breaking one of the rules. Um, and the problem is the rules I'm talking to you are pretty important rules. I mean, the, the, the enchantment is so, like I said today, enchantments blur so much with both artifacts and creatures? But like the last thing I want to do is give up more definition for enchantments. Like, it already is in a, in a place where I, I, I feel it's tenuous at best. Um, and so, like I said, like the, the, the thing to remember, and this is hopefully my, my goal of today's podcast, is that design is, is layered, meaning it, it, it's causal. That what you do in one thing affects other things. And that a lot of when I want to do a design... You know, for example, like today, I'm trying to say, okay, what do, what do I need to do if I want to do um, an enchantment matters block a la um, Mirrodin? Well, I'm like, okay, I need volume. That's the first, number one, I need volume, you know, and what is my volume? And I can figure, figure out my Azpan, and there's some technical stuff I would probably do where I was like, okay, how many fan do I need? How many, you know, how, exactly how many commons and uncommons, you know, what's the volume I have to get it to make this work? Um, the second thing is, I then I say, okay, where am I getting it from? I need this much. Well, what I have available isn't enough, meaning that's what gets me into creatures. Like, okay, I have to figure out a way to make enchantment creatures work. I just can't make the whole thing work without enchantment creatures. Um, and then once I do that, then I, I start getting the complexity issues. Well, okay, how do I make the enchantment creatures matter, make them feel intuitive, but not have this problem where I override uh, the complexity issues that I have to deal with in the New World Order? Um, and that that, I, to be fair, I mean... As much as I was talking about this one topic today, I'm really talking about design in general, which is no matter what my design is, you know, if I'm starting with a weird block structure or I'm starting with a top-down design or I'm starting with, um, you know, uh, ten, co- two, ten, 10 two-color pairs, like whatever I'm starting with, it makes me say, okay, I have a parameter and this is why it's important design to this start with some parameter, I know people have been asking about concept architecture, like, why a draft structure? I'm like, it's just different. It was a different place to start. It's, it's not even that I built the block around the draft structure. I used the draft structure to figure out what I would need to do to lock in parameters, Use those parameters to find an interesting structure, which was a time travel story, and then built around a time travel story. Um, but that, that, my point is, one of the things that's important when you start your design is something has to be absolute. When I talk about restrictions pre creativity, one of the things is when you have nothing to hold on to. When anything is possible, you kind of freeze because you are like, "Well, anything is possible." That doesn't help me. Um, and what you need to do is, if you don't have a restriction, make a restriction. You know. And what I like to do when I start a design is saying, "Okay, here is the thing that matters. This thing matters, and this is the non-negotiable. I have to do this, and that gives me a restriction to start on." You know. The way I always talk about it is like you need to get traction on your design. And that if there's nothing there, there's nowhere to get traction. So what you need to do is just commit to something. And by committing to that thing, you make your first point of traction. And once you have your first point of traction, you can follow along. My my, my sort of goal of today is to walk you through, what do I need to do to do an enchantment world a la Mirrodin? And the answer is, wow, there's a lot I have to do, and there's some problems to solve, you know. I have to solve the problem of how to get the volume of enchantment creatures that I need in a way that reads, without without violating what enchantments are, in a way that feels natural. And then, I have to figure out how to do the uh, enchantment mattering stuff in a way that development can develop, that we have enough design space to design and development can develop, both of which are giant issues. So what I'm trying to say today is, for all the people that are begging for this thing that seems so obvious, it's not always so obvious. You know, it's not... Um, my, my goal of today is to sort of say you're probably not thinking you know, like just because enchantments, I'm sorry, artifacts can do something doesn't mean enchantments can do something. You know why it's not that hard to make land matter because 40 percent of every decks of all decks are land. Why is it not hard to make creatures matter because a lot of your deck are creatures. That's not true with enchantments. You know why? Why is it easy to make lots of artifacts because it's very flexible in what it does. You know that artifacts normally are a smaller percentage, but you can make them a larger percentage because enchantments not, I'm sorry, artifacts just have more to hang your head on. They have a, a, a little bit cleaner and more delineate uh, flavor to them, and the colorless mana cost, having something that defines them that sits in the mana cost that doesn't sit in the rules text is really important for being able to make a lot of cards. And so why is it so hard to do enchantments when we can do artifacts? Because they're just different card types and they have different rules and do different things. And that... It's very easy to look and match and go, well, you did something with thing A. I want the same thing with thing B. It's not always that simple. And, and the goal of today's podcast is it's not that simple. Not, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying we can't do it. I'm not saying I won't continue to try to figure out how to do it. But I know what people want. And what I'm saying to you is it's just not that easy. It is not a matter of, oh, just do it. You know, oh, you did artifacts, just do enchantments. It, it's hard. Anyway... I have now parked my car, which means that it's time to end my drive to work. So thank you guys for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll talk to you next time.